Um, yeah. Well, it's recording now. Anyway, yeah. So shut it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys. We're chatting about Nick Cage. It's the Guys on Film Podcast. Not the bees! Oh, I didn't notice that you'd done that. What have I done for the people who can't, who aren't in my uh, kitchen? Um, I'm in Ollie's kitchen and I can see... I don't really know what I'd call that, but it's kind of the same thing as outside of cinema. You would have somebody put all the letters up light to... light box. It's a light box, is it? Yeah. I mean, it's not on, so... Oh, lovely! There you go. So the light box is like the light box that they use to advertise films, and they use all the separate letters to um, sort of spell out the words. Yeah, and I've not put the not the bees in there. Okay. So, there you go. so it's a great comeback. Yeah. Uh, as ever, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah! UF Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, on Facebook.com forward slash guys on film. Yeah. Uh, and get in touch with us at guys on film podcast at gmail.com. Um, but if, like us, you prefer, and you already have gone fingerless, what yeah. can you do, Ollie? Uh, you can uh, speak to Alexa or Siri. Uh, you can't speak to Siri. You can't. You've made that up. I've put you under under pressure here. Well, you can so talk. Amazon Alexa. Yep. And Google. Home. Jeff. <laughs> uh, Google Jeff. Uh, it's Google Home. Okay. And you just say, okay, Google, play me the Guys on Film podcast. And it'll go... Hold on a minute, and then it, it goes off to its digital archives and then yeah. pulls one out of the bag. Obviously, we're right near the top. Right, so this is the Nicolas Cage podcast. Well, it's not, dear. This is guys on film, Nicolas Cage episode. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Shall we just do the Nicolas Cage podcast? I think it might be better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at least then we've got like a focus, finally. Yeah. Um, okay, so Seggy One, I prepared a set of one star Nicolas Cage reviews from okay. IMDb. So I'll be reading those out. So if get... you can remember back to the JCD episode. JCD? JCB. JCVD episode, then uh, Ian did practically the same thing. Because it's easy to do. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen him uh, actually prepare this Seggy One in about. 15 minutes. Well, it would have taken me about five, but it took me 25 because you were playing Loch Ness and telling me stories. Oh, yeah, true. Loch Ness by Judas Priest. Which is 13 minutes and 20 seconds long. And and you should go and listen to it now. And I've listened to it every time I've come to your house. <laughs> yeah. So I've got those. See, like that's a, In a way, it's a wrong, dead wrong. Um, so people can play along with you. Whilst I read quotes, you can guess which Nicolas Cage film it's from. Okay. Uh, we're doing life scores, standard. Yeah. And then the deep dive is diving deep into the man. We're going to do a... Uh, I mean, what what was what, when they go and see sharks? Cage, um, is it a cage dive? Cage dive. Yeah, we're doing a cage dive. A 4X cage dive. Yeah, sounds okay. good. Are you up for it? On what, 5 it? Seggy 1? Sure. Guys on film. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about film. It's the guys on film podcast for real. You know what guys talk about film. It's the guys on film podcast for real. So here we go. First first review. I've got a couple of reviews for this one too. So if the first one's not obvious enough, I can give you a supplemental. Okay. I'm so angry that I cannot write a proper comment about this movie. I could give this film two out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I could give this film 2 out of 10 based on Ellen Burstyn's performance but I won't by the time she finally makes her appearance brackets bravely soldiering through her scenes with her wig line clearly visible on her forehead <laughs> Cage looks haggard and bewildered throughout and his character is prone to calling out Rowan at the slightest noise I, I, I'm imagining that Rowan is probably a child and that he's, you know, the child may be in, in danger quite a lot. How do you know it's not just Rowan Atkinson? I mean, I've done some research on Nicolas Cage, but I may have missed that that film. Um, okay, can I have the second one? I, I want some, I need a, um, a supplemental. Okay, here we go. Nicolas Cage in a bear costume, brackets, I'm not kidding. Running through the woods, taking off the costume, brackets, but leaving the bare feet on. And then doing some karate moves to some villains. 
Okay. Um, I mean, I know this now because I have actually seen the film and it is terrible, but this is the Wicker Man remake. <laughs> You're right. Um, Correct. And it, we'll get onto it in the deep dive. One point. Bing! But have you seen it? Yeah. Loved it. Okay. Do you want to watch it later? <laughs> Not with you. That would be weird. Film number two. Blank is yeah. hilarious. Unspeakably, hysterically funny. Sadly, though, it's all unintentional humour. I mean, this could be The Wicker Man again. It's a different film. Okay. That much I'm telling you. Uh, I feel like that really doesn't give you quite enough yet. So I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna move I mean, on. that could be any of his films post about 20... 2007. Okay. 22. <laughs> I was trying to say 27. <laughs> 22,007. 20. That's, that's, uh, that's nine years before 20k18. <laughs> okay. Uh, 8, 9, 10, 11. It's 11 years before 20k18. Okay. Uh, okay. No, no guesses at this stage. Um, mad. I mean, Hysterically funny. Hysterically funny. Unspeakably so, but it's unintentional. Face off. It's not that. I'm okay. going to give you the next one anyway. It's not a guessing game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got one you, more you chance. Just, you this. just, you just basically want wanted me to put the feelers out and say what my, what my thought process is. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's move on. Uh, this is a bit of description's gone into the early life of the character. So okay. I've cut that bit out. Okay. Fast forward one year later. Yes, one year. Johnny's changed from being 17 to being Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Cage is 43 years old. <laughs> okay. This makes no sense. Right. Okay. This must be, it can only be one film, and I think it's <laughs> Ghost Rider Spirit yep. of Vengeance, the second one. Because uh, he's done two Ghost Riders. Oi. You're wrong. You're dead wrong. Am this I? is Ghost Rider 1. Ghost Rider 1, okay. Because yeah. he came back to do I mean, a... you tried to be too smart there. Well, it's just that I've seen pictures of him in Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance where he's trying to look quite young. Right. And it just looks very weird. Okay, well, this... I looked up Ghost Rider and that's what I got. So a little supplemental one there is... Um, Oh, and of course, he runs into his old flame, Roxanne, too. Flame, now, get it? Yeah, it's a flame school. Good. Now played by Eva, sorry, Eva Mendez, or more accurately, played by Eva Mendez's chest, <laughs> which is prominently on display whenever possible. Mendez is thirty-two years old. She is ostensibly playing an eighteen-year-old. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it's pretty good. So anyway, yeah, that's apparently Ghost Rider one. So that's wrong. That's just because you're okay. trying to be a smart arse. I mean, not even half a point. Or sorry, Ali. You don't write. You don't make the rules. Sorry, I. The production company makes the rules. We just have to adhere to them. Uh, yeah, you know, the man, red tape, yeah. hands tied, etc. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't talk to me. Hey, don't shoot the messenger. Um, right. Okay. So this one, I think you're gonna get. I'm hoping that you get it. Okay. Really, you're rooting for me. Oh, I wouldn't say I'm rooting for. Okay. Uh, C blank is the explosion-filled wet dream of an adult teenager. Chases are often inexplicably overdone with the characters aiming for people and objects <laughs> as opposed to trying to avoid them with enough cuts to make the whole thing an incomprehensible mess. Character development is forced and crammed between the obligatory action sequences so haphazardly one wonders if any thought was put into it at all. I, I, I believe that this is going to be one of the Jerry Bruckheimer, Conair, The Rock. So, have you, have you got a second one? Have you got a second part for this one? Uh, I do, yep. I'll move on. Okay. Brings new meaning to the term wretched garbage. <laughs> uh, unbelievably bad film. Nicolas Cage's character is required to constantly defer to Blank. And Blank never lets up with his subtle, insulting put-downs. He even punched Cage in the stomach, and poor Nick has to double over as if Blank nailed him like Mike Tyson. Uh, The Rock. Okay, it's yeah. good. Yeah. 
Yeah. You had a you had a thinking face on there. Yeah, I mean Sean Sean Connery does, you know, give him the old gut punch. But I mean, it's not wretched. It's good. It's wretched garbage. I like it. It's uh, that one is uh, Michael Bay, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that one's Michael Bay. Yeah, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, and, and Don Simpson as well. So you know, it's uh, it's, it's the heyday of action nonsense. Okay, but I like it. I stand by. I think it's a it's a good film. Some of the description here though is phenomenal in this review. Uh, I'll read a tiny bit more. Um, okay. The scene where Cage has a car chase with a Ferrari was unbelievably badly directed and edited. It just seemed like a series of close-ups of Cage's strained face and unrelated clips of cars in various positions. <laughs> Cage shoots a huge missile point-blank at one of the bad guys. Instead of going through him like a blowtorch through butter or just vaporising him, it actually carries the guy around 100 yards at about 30 miles per hour before he slips off and becomes impaled on a fence. Okay, I mean... That, I mean, that seems plausible to me. <laughs> okay. Doesn't it not? I mean, why would it vaporise someone or why would it go through them like butter? Well, I mean, on impact... It should blow up. You should assume it would blow up. I mean, unless a human's really... Like, like non-plus is a missile and it just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe the impact of the missile has to be strong enough to really trigger the explosion. I don't know. I don't know if this person on IMDb is really like a A, a a bomb or missile specialist. Yeah, missile buff. Missile head. Missile head. Um, There's quite a funny one here where uh, it says, A huge bomb explodes near Cage and he's blown hundreds of feet into the air, lands uh, in the bay face down unconscious. Old man Connerly, Connerly, Connery naturally <laughs> old man Connery naturally swims to his rescue and shaves him without any form of first shaves him. and shaves him uh, without any form of first aid performed by Connery we see Cage running along the shoreline with his bald white bearded antagonist Connery manages to insult Cage again as soon as he rema- uh, regains consciousness uh, I mean good. this guy seems quite offended that uh, Sean Connery is you know, is nibbling away at Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I think I think this guy's got Cage's back, but he's got a real bee in his bonnet about uh, Connery. Yeah. A bee in his bonnet. I think I've broken my watch, Charlie. Um, shall we move on to the next one? Yes, Another please. point is up five grabs. Okay. How are you doing at home? Oh, well done. That's unfortunate. Try harder on the next one. Okay, so... Not one of his best is the header. I mean, again, could be any of his films post uh, 2007. <laughs> 2007. Uh, okay. Okay. I much prefer Blue Velvet, maybe because it was new and shocking and original, whereas here Lynch seems to be copying himself. Nick Cage seems to be doing his full Elvis look at me all the time. Shtick and blank just seems lost. Okay, the, uh, I mean this is. Um, uh, but you know of it. I know it. I've seen it. It's leaving Las Vegas. It's, is it that one? Red, red. No, I think you may be potentially mixing two things. Yeah, I might be. Yeah. yeah. Okay, carry on. The camera work is lovely, but to what end? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of an em- I say. It's kind of an empty story when all is said and done. As Emmanuel Levy says in his book Cinema of Outsiders. I think I wrote this review actually. <laughs> Sounds like me. The shots have little resonance and the weirdness is trivial. The picture's hyperkinetic wildness is mostly on the surface. The images are elaborately conceived but meaningless. Yeah, that's that's definitely the kind of uh Review that you leave. Review that I leave, yeah. yeah. Jokes to possession, colour, tone, you know, tele- telekinesis. <laughs> Hyperkinetic. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what do you reckon? Have you have you thought any more? Wild at heart. Ah, oh, I gave you too much time. Time, yeah, you did. Tea. Wild at heart, yeah. I was Wild hoping you didn't get that one, but yeah, you, you got, got it. it. I end. got it in the end. The green tea literally just saved my ass right at the last second. All synapses were firing off. It's the last one. There's nothing essentially new or wrong in this in this movie. Okay. 
It introduces us to the world of small-time crooks, car thieves, and semi-competent police officers. Gone in 60 seconds. Ah, shit, it's too easy. There's another one here that had a good header. Bored in 60 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Some smart arse. Gone in 60... Yeah. Life scores. Life score. How are you? Life score. I'm fine. Thank you. Life score. Out of 10... Live score. Pro- probably like a, th- a four. Uh, okay, how's your life, Ollie? Uh, I'm fine. I've uh, I've been I've been really tired. Or, or like you know, we've been talking about the training. I've been quite tired. Uh, but what it has meant is I've been getting into bed and I've been watching some films. So I've watched a couple of Nicolas Cage films in bed. In bed, I like watching a film in bed. Yeah, me too. I mean, um, it's one of the only ways I do. And I've also started putting the closed captions and subtitles on. Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Why? Because it's funny or because you're going deaf? Because it's funny and because I have the volume down quite low as a kind of respectful nod to my neighbours. So if the... How does that allow you to appreciate the sound design? uh, Well, it doesn't. I mean, you you often you you often get like (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, often get uh, (laughs) like in the closed captions it will say continuous beeping. Uh-huh. screaming and shouting, uh, all those kind of things. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I also have, just want to go to what I have watched recently, what I did enjoy. On your recommendation, it was Universal Soldier Regeneration. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Wow. It had, had a real Eastern European feel to it. It was quite hard. It was dark, grim. Uh, JCVD was excellent in it. He was wow. really good. He was very, very good. Okay. You know, Dolph Lundgren was fine, but he wasn't in it that much. Yeah. Um, I like the pipe through the head bit. Great. That was very good. I like the way the Universal Soldiers in that one fight, because they fight with no loss of energy whatsoever. Mm. So once they're knocked down, they kind of spring back up. Yeah. Like, uh, I love that. And when they're That's pre- what I was talking about when I talked about the big kinetic. bad guy. He, yeah. uh, I mean, kinetic's the buzzword of this episode now, yeah. but... Um, he man- that's what I was saying about him being formidable like Terminator he's just back up and like relentless yeah. it's quite yeah quite and the, when, when the, he's punching people on the ground there's almost like no wind up time for his punches and they're all of like an equal hard power uh, I liked it. it it looked good good story good music good sound design all that kind of stuff and then the following night I watched um, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning it's bad <sighs> terrible I mean I think I know what they were doing as well I think I've got it I think he was trying they, they, he'd seen Drive what yeah it because was all like purple lights and walking down lights, corridors yeah walking down corridors there was a weird bit in a brothel that was like didn't make much sense and it was really rude um, there was a lot of there was a lot <laughs> of uh, sex and nudity in that scene like a bit a bit too graphic I thought um, there was a full dong on display yeah. that was wobbling around as he was getting shot and I thought that was a bit weird to see. Because you've never seen a penis. <sighs> Not somebody else's anyway. <laughs> Not one like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was just like wobbly <laughs> sausage all over the place. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just really weird and, and, and you could tell it was like, it wasn't very good because Jean-Claude Van Damme was in it for about five minutes. Yeah. It was one of these kind of Bruce Willis films where you know, he's obviously just turns up for a bit at the start, turns up for a bit at the end, and then the rest of it's Scott Adkins punching bowling balls midair. Scott Adkins couldn't really carry a film. He couldn't really carry it. And and somebody actually said on the on one of the reviews that it was an art house film. What? But I actually think that the director may have been going for a little bit of an art house kind of film because it was it had like loads of weird arty things, loads of POV things. About ten minutes of strobing, which I had to, I had to like put my hands over. Yeah, it was, it was, br- it was, it was really much. bad. I, I, yeah, that was too bad. Really tough to watch. Even, yeah. And I don't have, uh, I don't have any sort of. I don't, but I think yet. I may have contracted it <laughs> through through your eyes through that film. But yeah, I'd give that one a miss. But definitely, uh, regeneration was was good, Ian. Thank you for the recommendation there. Hey, no worries, Ollie. That's on me. I'm just about to wrap up my life score, but I've got one little story for you, an embarrassing story. Okay. So I was doing circuit training just last night. 
Um, I was circuit training with with another guy. We'd all hooked up because it was like you and a guy had hooked up. Yeah. So you have to do it in pairs, all the stations, and then so we'd got through it all. It was an hour. It was quite brutal. And then at the end, you go to shake someone's hand because you've been through that hour with them, right? You would do that, wouldn't you? Maybe. Yeah. yeah, So so I I put my hand out to shake his hand, and then he put his hand out for a high five and I he went for the high five and I <laughs> grabbed his hand uh, and it was a really awkward scenario where oh dear. I just held his hand <laughs> you held his high five yes oh dear. do you want to just quickly do that now like no well yeah we can have uh. <laughs> yeah it was it was so weird. Uh, yeah. So my life is probably about a seven because of, of that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's good. Um, seeing the commuter today. I don't know whether to talk about that. No, we'll talk Liam. about that in the Liam Decent episode, which but is just, coming next week. But just to say, it's, it's pretty decent. I've got a newfound respect for all these kind of films he's been knocking out. They're not that bad. Uh, I think it's pretty good. So, Ian, it's, how are you? It's, it's kind of the continuation of this week's episode in Hot Dad action. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I'm doing all right. I I got the train here to Coventry today, uh, so I've got some computer uh, computer commuter based gripes. Yes, which, the commuter. So if you want to keep this in mind up until you listen to next week's episode when we talk about the film The Commuter and uh, Liam Neeson and Liam Neeson, um, then do that, or maybe just listen back to this and listen to this one twenty times. Yeah, get those numbers up. It's going to be good. Uh, right, so I was rushing to get from work to the train station. Didn't have much time. Had to get my ticket fast, run to the... Like, actually did run. Yeah. Got um, on the train. That's a bit of your training, right, for the half marathon. Yeah, but that you know, that wasn't really intended to be the training. So I had to rush to really get on the train. Got on, and then there was an announcement saying, be aware that you have to be in the first four carriages to get to... Uh, yeah. Coventry basically the yeah. destination the so, train splits so I got out ran really fast to try and get along to a carriage that was uh, up in the other end so I got on there just in time nick of time got my Nick Cage film on my iPad out yeah. absolute shiter it was called uh, Vengeance okay really bad I got about 5 or 10 minutes in I won't talk about that because it's not worthwhile anyway all that said it was then mentioned to me when I had my tickets checked that I still had to move forward <laughs> to get on those uh, carriages. So I made it up there, right? But there's a lot of confusion about those carriages. And then what was hellish for me then ended up turning out to be quite funny overall for me. Because okay. I, let's see. Let's see how this gets funny. So, <laughs> well, I looked at the bright, the bright side of it because I wasn't pissed off about it anymore. But like. A, a conductor guy basically tried to clarify the situation for people over the tannoy. It made it much worse. <laughs> so he was like, uh, okay, still seems to be some confusion about uh, the carriages where you need to sit. Uh, right, so this next bit, right? Just keep in mind the numbers and the things that he's referring to. Okay. There's pretty much word for word. He said, this train has three carriages. The front train is going onwards. The back train is stopping at Northampton. So he okay. said three. <laughs> he said two things. But he's talking about trains and carriages. Yes. So it's confusing already. Then he said, straight after saying uh, three carriages, he then said, that's a total number of this train, bear in mind. <laughs> three carriages. Then the next thing he said was, the first four carriages no. have green seats and the back eight coaches. Coaches! <laughs> He's had new variables all the time. Blue seats. Yeah. I was just like, mate, you may as well have not said anything. Because <laughs> he's literally made it worse. Um, and there, because of that, there's a lot of people walking towards the other end of the train that were budging past this woman sitting in front of me. She had this furrowed brow and she was really angry. And her elbow kept getting hit as people yeah. went past. So in order to make it obvious that she was unhappy about that happening, rather than move her arm in from the oh, edge... Yeah. She took it out more. She used her other arm to grab it and push it in. 
<laughs> well, uh, maybe she maybe she can't use that arm. No, it, the arm was dexterous and fine, okay. but she was just you had you had proof of that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, detailed proof of the dexterity <laughs> of her arm. Uh, anyway, my life score is pretty good. Um, I saw the wall with uh, Chan Cena. Okay, um, it's decent, not amazing. Okay, but it's like there's a couple of surprises, and uh, John Cena's actually okay. I think if I say much more about him, it'll kind of give a little bit too much away. But is he ghost? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Chan Cena is not a ghost, but he's um, he's, he's the wall. He's good in it, and he. <laughs> I mean, he could be. Yeah. Could be a character called the Wall. That could be his next film. Okay. The Wall, like, yeah. but just called the Wall yeah. again. Aaron Taylor Johnson, the guy from Kick Ass and a bunch of other Kick stuff. Kick Ass. That's what is known as in in England, right? Kick that, Ass. Yeah, but that's what the director calls it. Is it Kick Ass? Kick Ass. It's okay. Like, yeah, but it's Kick Ass, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson's the other guy in it. It's quite good. Okay. Suffers a little bit from faceless terrorist bad guy okay. syndrome, like just with I am a terrorist voice. Yeah. Okay. And then I watched uh, The Leveling, which is like one of the films I mentioned in the four that I bought on okay. DVD the other day. And it's really good. Some of it looked... I feel a book coming. Yeah, what? there is a but. I mean, you are quite near my shed as well. So, I mean, there's... <laughs> More than one but coming. <laughs> yeah. Some of it looked really good. Some bits felt a little bit ITV drama to me in the, the look okay. of it, though. Interesting. But it's a, like, it's a really high caliber film. It's just weird that occasionally it's like... This feels like it could be on a Saturday night on ITV. Okay. It was really nuanced. And then, like, the emotional high point at the end of it is actually pretty, like, gut-wrenching. Not, not because it's bad, but, like, everything's been building up to a particular moment in yeah. it. And it's very good. Uh, so I would recommend. Okay. Not not a 10 out of 10. But we don't do scores anymore. But no. it's, a, it's a pretty good thing. With flaws. Okay. Overall, I've seen those couple of things. Great train trip. I mean, yeah, albeit mixed, mixed uh, results, but I mean, yeah, I got here. Yeah, okay. Mixed feelings, but I'd say I'm an eight and a half. Oh, same as last week. And uh, we tomorrow are getting up bright and early. And we're gonna go and have a a little run, aren't we? I really can't be honest, to be honest. <sighs> well, I'm I'm up for running, but I don't like running near people. And I think when you told me about the park run before, having like a bunch of like people around you know, prams and that yeah I don't go to the parent and child screenings of films do I yeah let me just go run on my own anyway signed up to it I'll see how it goes yeah okay and then Liam Neeson podcast will be a 4 out of 10 <laughs> life <laughs> yeah. score prams uh, everywhere shall we move on are we getting inside a farty submersible no no? We're getting inside a shark cage. Okay, yeah, okay. We're going to do a cage dive, as already discussed. What if um, potentially the cage, like in many films, like kind of breaks up and then a shark actually can get to us? Could like could we potentially have James Cameron in his farty submersible? And ready to rescue yeah, us. Yeah, to rescue us. But how would that work? Because if you open the hatch, yeah. then water would just go straight in. Yeah, it doesn't really have a decompression room. No. It just lets gas out. Maybe we could float up in the gas bubble. I mean, the thing is, actually, I don't think you need to decompress if, like, we can potentially have a shark cage at that. So, like, we'd just be out swimming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, he's probably going to sink his submersible if he helps us. Maybe he just uses a big claw arm. Yeah, okay. To that... pick us up and then take us or away. Or fight the shark or the Meg. Whatever. Let's move on to Nicolas Cage. Now, you said that you did loads of research and that I shouldn't worry about it. Okay. I've seen a couple of films. Uh, in fact, I've seen a lot of them over the years, but I've watched a couple of extras okay. in time for this. In particular, uh, I checked out Drive Angry. I watched um, Honeymoon in Vegas. Okay. And uh, I watched Left Behind, which you also saw. Yeah. Um, so let's see. And I've also watch. watched today uh, Justice, or if the American uh, listeners will know, it's Seeking Justice. Okay. Um, so, but first of all, I, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Who was born on January the 7th, which wasn't that long ago, in yeah, so, 1964? So, oh, right. Okay. I, th- okay. I, I thought they were only going to be about 10 or 15 days old. No. 
Okay, January what? Uh, It's January the 7th, 1964, in Long Beach, California, USA. Nicola Page? No, it's actually... You're very close. Okay. It's Nicolas Cage, uh, born Nicolas Kim Coppola. How do do you spell Nicolas? Is it C-H or is it just a C? N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. Because... It seems like on a lot of films he has just a C and no H. Anyway. He's off the H. But that, I mean, I'm picking a, a spelling difference. You're saying that his actual name's completely different. Uh, well, he was born Nicholas Kim Coppola, but actually wanted to change his name because after his first film role, which is Fast Times at Ridgemont High in 1982, um, he wanted, a, he, he didn't want to have the Coppola name because, you know, like the film Creed, uh-huh. He doesn't want to live in the his shadow of a, of a bigger name. Well, it's not it's, it's, it's his, his uncle, isn't it's it? His uncle. Okay. Um, so he, he basically chose Cage after comic book character Luke Cage. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Which he wrongly says is the first um, black superhero, which is not actually Black Panther, came before Luke Cage. Okay. So there we go. I just want to tell you who's going to be potentially at Nicolas Cage's birthday party. So we've got Jeremy Renner. Okay. To do a bit of good acting. Fine. Kenny Loggins to provide the music for the musical chairs. Okay, sounds good. And Lewis Hamilton. Why? Do you know what film Lewis Hamilton was in? Something like Entourage or something like that. Nearly. It was Zoolander 2. I mean, I don't see how Entourage and Zoolander 2 are even well, remotely they're both, similar. They're both kind of about an industry, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah kind okay, of. Right. They've got celebrity. Yeah, confirmed. Celebrity. Confirmed. confirmed. Same, same thing. Uh, he's six foot tall. Yeah. And I'm just going to go through his trademarks. These are the, uh, the official IMDB trademarks. Okay, all right, go on. You know I'll put a, a bit of music on that, don't you? Right. From Black Mirror. Often plays flamboyant and and slash or eccentric characters. Yeah, okay. I mean, one could say he is eccentric himself. Eccentric. <laughs> okay. Sharp, dark, pointy eyebrows and striking blue eyes. Okay, yeah. I think in his earlier films, his blue eyeness was more obvious. But now just all of his features seem to just be completely black. Part, I mean, like his eyes, his eyebrows, his hair. His goatee. His goatee. Um, and finally, he's got a low-sounding voice. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, that was a terrible impression. Yeah. I mean, we'll find... I'll replace at, that with at, at times, you can almost not hear what he's saying. Yeah. I remember that from, like... I think he thinks it's a sort of nuance, but actually just makes it hard to understand him. Remember yeah. it from Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah. He's also had his fair share of, um, you know, wives. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my fair share of, you know. There's a fair share of wives, <laughs> not just one. Well, you know how we were talking uh, last week about JCVD and he... he how many's fair? I don't know, but he had, he had a lot of divorces. Can I lock you down in a number? So he proposed to Patricia Arquette on the day he met her in the early 1980s. That sounds like something one of his characters would do. Yeah, on the very day, like just impulsive. like Man. Okay, but there's an interesting story here. Arquette thought he was a bit strange, but played along with his antics by creating a list of things Cage would have to fulfil to win her. When he started to work away through the list, Arquette got scared and avoided him. Uh, but they did meet again many years later... And went on to marry, so... She just played hard to get. And he eventually won. I have won you. You are my prize. <laughs> yeah. I do I do feel like the uh, the list thing probably just you know, completely backfired. And it depends what was on the list as well. I mean, you know, was it was it stuff that, you know, was just a bit a bit odd? Build me a shed. Build yeah, that sort of thing, yeah. And he runs straight off to his Glaswegian lawyer friend and says Got any of those tips for building a shed? Put that one there! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, so he he also was married to Alvis Presley's daughter. Alvis Presley. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Alvis. (laughs) Cross between Alvis and Alvin from the Chipmunks. Uh, Which is Lisa Marie Presley. I I know who that is, yeah. yeah, Aware. 
so he met his, his future wife, Alice Kim Cage. I assume she wasn't called Cage at the time, because that would be, be weird. Kim Cage. Yeah. Uh, at a sushi bar where she was a waitress. Yeah, so I mean, she was working as a waitress at a sushi bar. <laughs> Here comes all these pre-written <laughs> jokes. Uh, but I've, I've uh, also oh, there was, got here... You weren't going to sing more of that, were no. you? No. Uh, so they actually separated secretly in January 2016 after 11 years of marriage. And I've got a... As you can see there, right at the very end, I've got an, an unhappy face there. Oh, that's I didn't sad. like reading that. Ollie just showed me his... Um, his notes. His notes, his research notes. And I did actually put um, an emoji there to, to show that I am a human, I have feelings... Yeah, sure. It's never nice. Fine. Okay, so the marriages thing is tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've rattled through a few of those in quick succession. Yeah. Well, my first note um, was to do with uh, one of the films that he's been in that I've watched recently. And my first note is Sex Killing. Can you guess what film it is? Stab in the Dark. It's not going to be... He was taking a stab in the dark. It's not going to be Left Behind... Because I've seen that one. It's definitely not that one. Okay. First note was on Drive Angry. Okay. Have you seen it? I have seen it. I can't remember it, but please fill me in. Okay. Would you like the official synopsis? Oh, you want the official synopsis? Hey, Ollie, it's it's actually not a problem. The official synopsis. A vengeful father escapes from hell and chases after the men who killed his daughter and kidnapped his granddaughter. Um, along the way, he picks up Amber Heard, who plays somebody called Piper, and he's been chased by the accountant. The accountant, I think, sort of plays like somebody that knows Satan. Okay. But he's not deaf, but I think he maybe is. And then this guy, Billy Burke, plays Jonah King, who's this like sort of cult leader who is trying to turn the baby into like an offering for Satan or something. Okay. There's a lot of crazy action, and you kind of slowly begin to realise over the course of the film that actually... Like a lot of the people here are impervious to gunshots to the eye, for etc. For for example, for etc. <laughs> gunshots to the eye, for etc. <laughs> uh, uh, as a for example, yeah. I thought it was like quite fun. It's gory as fuck. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, one of the what's, things. What's your most gory bit? It's <laughs> a, a new segment. Ian's goriest bit. What's your most gory? I mean, need your most gory bit. There's a lot of killing going on at various stages. I think I can probably call out a more gory bit if I could remember all of it. Okay. This is directed, by the way, by the same person that made Dracula 2000. Okay. Or 2001 or, or 2002. 2002. It's action as fuck. It's nasty as fuck as well. It's very, like, grindhousey, shitty. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the lines in it is, I'm going to kill you, then I'm going to defile your corpse. Who says that? I think it's the cult leader guy, Jonah, somebody. Okay. Who said that? So the sex killing bit that my note was about is basically uh, Piper and Nicolas Cage's character go off to this like sort of motel that uh, has a big sort of saloon bar. Yeah, is it called the Shed? No, it's nothing to do with you. So they go to this uh, saloon bar. This uh, lady comes across and starts chatting to them. Like for a moment or two, you kind of think that Nicolas Cage's character is going to get with this younger lady. Okay. And actually, what I like about this is that like. It's obscene that somebody her age would get with a guy his yeah. age. Because really, she's like the same age as his daughter, that yeah. whose, whose baby he's actually trying to get back, right? Yeah. So she's more of a daughter figure to him. And I actually think it's good because... It, daughter it, figure. <laughs> <laughs> she's a daughter figure. Is that the prequel to father figures? <laughs> yeah, daughter figures. <laughs> Check out Still starring Owen Wilson. Check out the figure on those dogs. <laughs> anyway, yeah. what I like about it is that usually, if I think if Nick Cage was cast in a lot of other films, he'd quite often have a love interest who is a lot, lot younger than him. Sure, it's in the contract. <laughs> in this case, it's a no, and I like that. But he kind of hooks up with the waitress, who's this uh, real country girl. Yeah, and. Uh, Piper hooks up with this guy who she like spots in the bar who's nice. Yeah. Oh, so he's uh he's in the room and he's doing the rumpy pumpy with this waitress. Okay. And a bunch of bad guys come in. 
He just pulls a gun out and shoots every single one of them <laughs> while he's still having sex with her. Then they end up on the floor and he's still thrusting and shooting and like dodging and spinning and moving him and another whole person around. And I was pretty certain when it started that she was going to be a meat shield for bullets right. and he would just protect himself. But she survives. He survives. Yeah. Like impervious to any of these oncoming like bad guys. Yeah. Okay. And then at the end, uh, the police chief chats to her and just says, um, "Like she needs psychiatric help because she's like, <laughs> he he was fucking me <laughs> and uh, and um, killing." Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm pretty certain she'd be deaf by that point because right. he's shooting this gun. <laughs> yeah. And she's in front of him. So, yeah, there's a lot of gunshots going on okay. around her ears. It's just fucking obscene, but entertaining in a that sort of horrible crap way. Okay. My next note is entitled Property Intrigue. 1997. I'm just going to give you the evidence. You don't even need to respond. In 1997, he lived in a fake castle on the outskirts of Los Angeles, and he wanted to import an authentic one from overseas. Now, in 19... Import a castle. Don't talk. In 1997, he was looking at his films like The Rock, Con Air, Face Off. All big hits. July 2006, oh he bought Schloss Neidstein, a mini castle in the Bavarian village of Etzelwang. Also in 2006, he purchased a home on the former property of John Wayne in Newport Beach, California, uh, for a record-setting $24 million. In 2006, his films are things like World Trade Center, The Wicker Man, Ghost Rider. And The Weatherman. You just can't stop buying houses. So, or being in films saying something, man. Uh, so his ex-girlfriend, Christina Fulton, hit Cage with a $13 million lawsuit in 2009 regarding a property transfer. They negotiated a settlement in 2011. In 2011, he released five films. <laughs> yeah okay okay are you happy about that now um so basically he stated the reason he owned so many um pieces of property in the past uh was because he felt that real estate was the most trustworthy way uh you know to sort of have best investment yes yeah, best investment but then the property uh market that, that you know that real estate bubble burst and he only owns a couple of, you know, modest properties now, so, uh, including a small cottage near Glastonbury, England. There we go. So here's the list of films he brought out in 2011. There's Season of the Witch, Drive Angry, both sort of weird satanic themed things. Justice, Trespass, and Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, which yeah. is also sort of demons. And he was hitting them out. He was, you know, he's knocking them out uh, quicker. Same way you do inside your shit. <laughs> quicker than he could get... Uh, lawsuits for you know property but I okay. imagine he, he settled that with all those films so also, there we go 20, 2016 five films 2017 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 films shit <laughs> it's hard not to talk about his, his flop years but I just wanted to go through what I think was his best years okay so maybe we could just ask you a question what do you think his or you think his best film is that you've enjoyed the most? I quite like him in Wild at Heart, but I don't love the film overall. I agree a little bit with that uh, review earlier on that it's not really the best uh, Lynch film. I don't think it's weird enough, to be honest, for Lynch, but uh, he's like on fire in it. Nick Cage is like off his head. Raising Arizona is pretty good. Those are kind of good ones. I like Rumblefish, but he doesn't really play a huge part in it. And then after that, really, when I get back into the times that I remember watching his films, it was God in 60 Seconds. Yes. And 8mm. Yeah. 8mm is actually really good. Yeah, it's it's good. It's got a good setup. I like the finding out who was in the snuff movie angle of it all. Yeah. It's quite grim. It's quite grim. It's quite seven. And actually, if you look at some of the promotional posters for seven and 8mm, they're similar. Okay. Like one is seven and one is eight, so I guess that's a comparison. But yeah. also, uh, the soundtrack is dark and brooding, and it, like I think if you were to compare them, they're relatively similar. And the look is very like bleached out yeah. and dark, and the subject matter is like really dark as yeah. well. What was that? What was my what's my favorite Nicolas Cage film? Uh, I mean, I don't really need to ask because you're going to say The Rock or Con Air. 
or face off. Really? Well, look, I now that's I like that era because you know he was. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Enjoy yourself. Are you going to give me my moment? <laughs> I enjoyed those action nonsense films, nonsense films. You you know that I like things like The Rock. We've spoken about The Rock a lot, and I think that probably is one of my favourite ones. And I think he is good in them. I also like Con Air. I mean, it is ridiculous. Uh, I've got one note here from the trivia, which I had to think about for a second, but kind of makes sense. It says, a film with almost the exact opposite title was released in the same year as Con Air. Almost exact opposite title. What's the opposite of a con? Cop Air. And what's the almost opposite of being in the air? Land. Yeah, well done. I, I actually, <laughs> thanks, I just, I mean, it didn't come to me. You like both films. I love both films. Yeah, but I think, I think Con Air. I think the complete opposite of that word is aircon, isn't it? I'd quite like a film about aircon. <laughs> I mean, there probably is one. Uh, okay, so we all, I also love Face Off as well because I love John Woo. Yeah, I like him. So I'm just going to give the official synopsis. In order to foil an extortion plot, an FBI agent undergoes a facial transplant surgery and assumes the identity and physical appearance of a terrorist. But the plan turns turns from bad to worse when the same terrorist impersonates the FBI agent. So they basically swap faces. I, I, what I never really got about that was, like, how do their wives... Do they, well, one of them has a wife. Yeah. How did she not notice that, like, the body and dick are different? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the faces that are swapped. It's some dick off. Yeah, I know, but, like, it's then the... they go back to, like, lead it. Like, John Travolta takes on yeah. his life, and, he like, the, the terrorist takes on the life of the other guy and, like, gets away with it. Like, and gets away with, like, being with his wife. When that wife comes home at night, she looks the man in the eye and it looks like the same guy. Yeah. She pulls his trousers down, it's different. Oh, right, okay, right, yeah. How does she not realise? And also, like, John Travolta's got a bit of a pie on him at the time as well. Yeah. Really stuck on some weight, haven't you? Like, just changing face isn't quite enough. I think it's just, like, a good name based on, like, a hockey term. This was originally supposed to be um, for Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Still equally implausible. Yeah. Why is your body two foot shorter? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. So, the crew shot on Nicolas Cage's birthday. Good guy John Woo, I've added the good guy bit in, good guy John Woo let Cage get emotionally charged up for a scene. You can imagine how emotionally charged Nicolas Cage gets for a scene. Yeah. And then... John Woo surprised him with a birthday cake. So imagine that. Nicolas Cage is like, got himself emotionally charged for face-off. Yeah. Right? And then, surprise, cake. Afterwards, Cage asked Woo not to do that again. <laughs> Could you not do that again? Yeah. Um, I mean, the chances, that, chances of that situation arising again. Yeah. With John Woo around exactly for his birthday. But John Woo is on the phone, like, literally, you know, cancel it, cancel the cakes. <laughs> cancel all the cakes. Yeah, uh, he'd, he'd ordered cakes for the remainder of uh, Nicolas Cage's natural life. So, for John Woo's birthday, Nicolas Cage uh, gave him, him. No, gave him a dirty Harry poster signed by Clint Eastwood, and Woo was called Eastwood his hero. And it's hard to know uh, who had the birthday first to see how that played out. So whether it was a kind of... You've just read those facts in that order, but actually... Yeah, which one? Yeah, because if if Cage had given John Woo the poster first, and then Woo did that thing to him... Yeah, just thinking, I'm going to up the ante. It'd be well fucked off. Yeah, I'm going to up the ante. But the other way around, you know, then you think, you know, Nick Cage's probably a nice guy. Yeah. Up the ante. Yeah. Ante? Yeah. Okay, so there we go. I've got a quick game for you. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give you the first one. So you're going to have to guess whether his, you know, his his wages go up or down. Okay, Vampire's Kiss. He got he walked home with forty thousand dollars. Okay, Vampire's Kiss. When was that? Okay, uh, that's 1988. Okay, yep. So we're going to take a big jump forward. How, how, how much did you pay? Forty thousand dollars. Okay, forty third. Yeah, forty k. He ate a cockroach in that one. Oh, a live cockroach. Okay. 
Okay, so did he get paid more or less for leaving Las Vegas? More. Correct. Bing, bing, bing. It was 240000 The Rock, more or less? More, obviously so, more. Bing, bing. Now, can you have a, a stab in the dark of, of how much you think he got paid for that? I mean, considering Five. it was his it was his next film after Lee's leaving Las Vegas as well. Lee's in Las Vegas. Who's Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so porno. Um, who's Las Vegas then? <laughs> Her name's Vegas and she's a lass. Ah, <laughs> oh, choo the banter train is just uh, pulled into the station. Oh, am I right? Yeah, oh, all right, lads. Um, right, put so. some canned laughter in that bit. <laughs> so, The Rock, I would say he was paid somewhere between two and five million. It was four. Okay. What do you say well, like that? I got I'm, it right. It was perfect. Yeah, okay. All right. Snake Eyes, 1998. Uh, Brian De Palma. Yeah, I remember okay. Snake Eyes now. It's not that good. No. Um, got a big, long take in it, hasn't it? Four or five million, I would say. 16 million. Really? I think once you hit that level, you must just be shooting up there then. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Bringing Out the Dead, Martin Scorsese's film about the paramedic, which is pretty good, Insomniac Paramedic. Okay, I actually have never seen it and I don't know much about it, but since he's gone 16, let's say 20, 18, 20? It's actually lower. It's gone back down to 10. Uh, So who's this by? Scorsese? Scorsese. Scorsese probably knows to go, shut the fuck up. All right, Cage. Hey, shut the fuck up. (laughs) You've not been good since fucking Wild at Heart, Cage, so you just... Fucking cool it, okay? Okay, gone in 60 seconds. I would say 16-ish. I mean, he's definitely... He's gone up. It's actually 20. Okay. Okay. Wind Talkers. John Woo, again. Lore, 15. Actually the same. It's 20 again. Jesus. I mean, he's doing well for himself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Uh, I would say lower. How much lower? So what was the last one? Uh, the last one before that, before Bad Lieutenant, would have been National Treasure at 20 million. Okay, I would say lower and I would say about 10 because Bad Lieutenant was pretty artsy. Okay, he just wanted two for that. Yeah, okay, okay. I didn't drop enough. You didn't, you definitely didn't drop I enough. I saw that in the cinema, it was alright. I've never seen the original in full though, so I guess I probably would have been more sceptical about it. Okay, I've just got a couple more for you, and I think this is where it's going to start getting interesting and pretty hard. Wow. Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> You've got a thing hanging over your shed that's like a little <laughs> thing that says, this is where it gets interesting and pretty hard. <laughs> okay, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Two, we're, we're, are we higher or lower than two million? Higher, it's Disney, right? Yeah. Okay. Five, five to eight? It is higher, but it's actually 12 million. Okay. Okay. Drive Angry, how much do you think he was getting for that? Ten. Wrong, it's six. Now, here's the real interesting one. I mean, it is getting really hard. Okay. Uh, the one I've just watched today, Seeking Justice, how much do you think he got for that one? Two mil. Mate. 12 million. Really? It's there in black and white. I mean, some of these, you wonder how these companies recoup what they put in. 12 million dollars for Seeking Justice. Which actually is not a bad film. And I'll just just quickly go into that one. But its theatre distribution wasn't... That much is true. He's not the box office draw that he used to be. He kind of needs his big comeback, doesn't he? He needs to have that... Renaissance, and I think he is still really good. Like when he's good, I think he's still good, and he's. All, I think he's always pretty entertaining to watch. But we've we've been going through some of his his shiters this week. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, so so here is so when you said when he's good, he's really good. Yeah. I actually thought he was all right in um, Drive Angry, and uh, I mean yeah. for what it was, it was okay. Okay. Uh, but Left Behind, I have to say meets Robocop 3 as the worst film that I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. It's, it's terrible. What are your initial thoughts on it? Because we've both watched it. So, I actually, I stuck with it because... Well, I didn't stick with it. I must, for full clarity, I got about... Full disclosure. Yeah, full disclosure. I got about 50 minutes in and then fast-forwarded to about 10 minutes before the end because 
I just couldn't bear it. It was just just terrible. So for what it's worth... Got the I, official synopsis? I stuck with it. And actually, I was sticking with it because you said it was so terrible and I thought it would be hilarious. And actually, I stuck with it just because like, I thought it was fine. But when I say fine, there are a number of things in it that are so grim. Like yeah. the, the stock... Uh, music, the stock, yeah. uh, like the casting is terrible. Like a lot of the dialogue is like terrible. sentimental music every few minutes when it yeah. when it begins. Like the music is just people start having chats with each other about you know religion or about you know you know parenting or something. Super. Everyone just starts having really heavy conversations with each <laughs> other that you know need to kind of have some kind of moral edge to it. All the while, there's this like stock sentimental music playing in the background that just begins to really grate quite heavily. This this has got a twelve meta score out of a hundred. Okay, it's not um, out of twelve. And and um, by the way, we were saying eight millimeter is actually quite good, but I think it was like a nineteen meta score. Okay, don't know why. I, I mean, maybe I'm falsely remembering that as being good, but I thought it was all right. Uh, so here's the official synopsis of Left Behind. A small group of survivors are left behind after millions of people suddenly vanish and the world is plunged into chaos and destruction. When when they say suddenly vanished, it's, it's actually the rapture, uh, which is a part of the Bible where all the good dogs go to heaven. And it's just, it's, but it's really dark. And, and basically they're all on this plane. And there's a whole bunch of stereotypes in this, in this plane. You know, you've got Sony. You've got, you've got yeah, that's my joke. That's my joke. You've got an angry dwarf man. He say dwarf? I mean, you've said it. I don't know. <laughs> you've got someone who isn't Christian. Who's Christian? <laughs> you've got you've got an annoying journalist. Uh-huh. Um, you've got like someone who's like OTT Christian religious who knows everything about the rapture. There's just all sorts of different. It's like a melting pot of. of of different people who were all thrown into this situation. Like, literally 10 minutes into this flight, all the kids and some of the adults just literally disappear. And there's basically piles of slacks and shirts and belts <laughs> and shoes just all over the place. Uh-huh. But the thing is, is that they never... Because it's like a religious film made about the rapture, and obviously... The people that have written and made the film feel like the rapture is actually the thing that happens to the good people and that you shouldn't worry about that because it's fine there in heaven, that's great. Yeah. For the actual for for the people who are watching the film at home, it's harrowing AF. <laughs> because these kids have just written out the story and that's it, they're gone. And there's no chance of them coming back. They're just literally gone straight away. But they're in heaven. Mate, it's so dark. It's so dark. But they're in heaven. It was stressful. It really stressed me out because the, there was a the, the, the young boy. We'll try and we will try and get a gif or a picture of of him popping his head around the corner as uh, these two people are having an argument because it's it's great acting. But <laughs> he disappears in a mall whilst he's hugging his sister. So she ends up hugging clothes. She just ends up hugging a pair of clothes, and it's just like it's so it's so dark. Did you know that there was also another movie called Left Behind? It's the same movie. This this is the this... biblical prophecy of Armageddon begins when the rapture instantly takes all believers in, uh, in all believers in Christ from Earth. But there was also a sequel called Left Behind Two: Tribulation Force. <laughs> Brilliant! After the rapture and the revealing of the identity of the Antichrist, a group of converts form the Tribulation Force. A secret society with the sole purpose of converting non-believers to Christianity. Tribulation force. Oh! <laughs> you will believe, motherfucker. <laughs> okay, left behind three. World at war. This is weird as fuck. I kind of want to see these sequences. Yeah, these ones look good. Uh, now, bear in mind that the first one I mentioned here is, is not the one that the Nick, uh, Nick Cage was in. Yeah. This is a separate series of like straight, to, not even straight to video. These are like TV movies. Straight to laser disc. <laughs> straight to Sudin. Shit in the bin. Yeah. Uh, the third one. The world falls into chaos as Nikolay Carpathia detonates nuclear devices across the globe and stages multiple devastating attacks 
against both the Tribulation Force and an international militia led by US President Gerald... Like, the first one... I've, by the way, I'm tickled by this because I've only just looked it up as yeah, we do yeah. it. I'm also tickled by it. The first one is like, hey, imagine if that thing in the Bible actually happened in real life. And by the third one... Would you still be able to land the plane? By the third one, it's fucking comic book nuclear warfare. (laughs) (laughs) It's insane. But this one actually gets 4.7 stars. So we should check them out. Yeah. Okay, do you have much else on uh, Nicky Cage? I don't, but... (sighs) Great, we'll move on. Shall we get to the business of uh, the Owen and Luke Wilson brothers and whether or not they would be a believable face-off? I can actually see in front of me now that they both have shapeless bodies. <laughs> uh, which, with a little bit of chest hair removal, could believably be swapped. Yeah. I think uh, there's a sort of shapeless okay. midsection there. And uh, unless they had defining features, maybe we could examine both of them in detail. Yeah. So if they'd like to report for their examination, we'll just have a look at them and scrutinize their lumps and bumps okay okay um you had enough we, we really can't go on any further because i just think we're running out of time i think nick cage maybe we could dive into one of his films specifically at some point yeah i think so but i guess i want to sum up my thoughts is i went through a period when i was about 16 17 of really liking his films he just laughed because i said period yeah i went through a period when i was 16 17 late bloomer <laughs> yeah. Am I going to get a text off you to edit that out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's already been said. <laughs> you can leave the laugh, but not the subsequent joke. Okay. So I did go through uh, a time where I, you know, I really liked him, and that was the the Rock Con Air face off. And I went back to get all his older films: uh, Wild at Heart, Red Rock West. Um, and then I followed it, followed him through the years, but then yeah, it just all kind of dropped off. And similar story with JCVD and his blacklist. It's literally just kind of dropped off for me, and I lost interest in him. But having kind of caught up with a couple of his films recently, I really want him to have a comeback. What really want him to? What do you think the role would be that would be his good uh, renaissance role? How could he McConaughey his way out of this? How could he McConnor weigh himself out of this? Uh, actually, you know what? I think he nearly had it with Kickass. I think that yeah, was a really good role for him. Yeah, that um, was good. You know what? Almost he needs to tone it down a bit, but then do you lose what it is to be Nick Cage if you tone it down? I think sometimes much? when he tones it down, he tones it down so much that he's not doing anything. <laughs> I think he's got an on-off switch. I've got some adult film titles for you that I've made out of. Okay. Are you rolling your eyes at this? I mean, you liked it last week. Yeah. Okay. So why are you... Okay, so I'm going to green light a shit in the bin uh, potential porno films to, to put into production. So it could be one of these. This could be his big, big comeback. Come on the back, come on the front. One. I mean, reading this one back <laughs> is really bad. Okay. Hit me. Uh, vampire's jizz. Kiss jizz. No, that's bad. That's shit, shit in the bin. Straight away. Shit that right in the bin. And, okay. And piss it and jizz it in the bin. The cock. See, the rock and the cock, without knowing that you're talking about... Like, unless you had a star that was like... Pickleless Rage. <laughs> Pickleless Rage. Peck- Pickleless Rage. Well, that's what it is. He needs to get a... Pickleless Rage. Yeah. Is in the cock, yeah. maybe, but on its own, the name doesn't sell it enough. So I think it would have to be titled "Star's Name Is in the Cock." Okay, um, I'm gonna shut that one in the bed, I'm afraid. Okay, eight inches. It's good, yeah. Okay, don't know how you really write that. Well, because somebody, somebody, somebody finds uh, a video that's been posted on the internet, and they and they need to find that eight incher. At all costs. You know, I've I've gone off that one actually. Oh, what? Done in sixty seconds. Yeah, that's good. Okay. <laughs> He's back. Okay, Bing. Ghost Rider. No name change. Here's an addition. Ghost Rider. Col- <laughs> Ghost Rider. Colon. Ectoplasm. No, because I mean, it would ectogasm. Have to be- Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Bangkok colon dangerous. Bangkok dangerous. Is are bang and cock separate words? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. Green okay. Final one. Lick ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, good. yeah. Okay. So I mean, there's a fair few there. There's for, Just yeah. a couple that you didn't you didn't like. Um, you know that we won't be going into production with. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with four or five, that's enough. I mean, have you have you got any that you'd like to give me? But just quick, I mean, I can edit the deliberation out. Uh, what as porno names? Yeah, just one. Can you think of? Can you uh, think of the Dicker Man. The Dicker Man is good. Uh, instead of the Crudes, what about the Rudes? No, that's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, my own in the bed there. <laughs> um, lick ass, kick ass. Dick ass. Dick ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Ian, do you want to... There's loads of good ones here. Uh, matchstick men, match dick men. Yep. Yep, there you go. Uh, pretty good. Fine. Yeah, okay. I think we're finished here. Let's let's end it. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to... Uh, just check out some of the older episodes then you can get the links to uh, the iTunes um, oh you can hear your boiler going mate nightmare that's why I close the door don't close it while you talk to it yeah I was born and bound if you'd like to check out more of our uh, podcasts uh, especially kind of the ones that we've mentioned in the episode like as Ollie closes the door like the JCVD one from last week uh, then you can go to facebook.com forward slash guys on film and all the links to the things that will help you out with that are on there so like SoundCloud uh, you can go onto iTunes um, there's a whole a whole bunch of stuff on there that's not just that we've also got stuff on Twitter and Instagram at GOF Podcast just go check it all out and tell a friend whisper it in their ear they don't wear snapbacks so we never came up with something that would be as big comeback but it doesn't really matter Okay, bye. Bye.